Good morning on this Sunday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We left off yesterday talking about that the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing uh, in of a better hope did, by which we draw near to God, and that was the sacrifice of Jesus, his life that he laid down, the blood that he shed, the substitution of taking our place of punishment and judgment for our sins. But then it says in Romans, in chapter 8, verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The issue being this, that the, 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 the law was weak in this sense, that because our flesh was sinful, and our nature was our, a fallen nature, we could never walk and keep the law of God. The law of God was and is good. The law of God is spiritual. And the law of God was given so that the sinfulness of man's nature could be enhanced. In other words, it would show us exactly what we are, what we were doing, and how we were living. Without it, we wouldn't know. Now, in the scripture, in the book of Romans, as we read today, in chapter 10, verse 3, it says, uh, talking about the people of Israel, especially having put Christ to death, it says, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. And, of course, uh, they gave up Jesus up unto the up unto the Roman army and up unto uh, Pontius Pilate and Herod. And uh, he was pronounced guilty, even though he was innocent. Even Pilate said himself, I find nothing wrong with this man. But nonetheless, he was put to death because it was written that he was born for this purpose, that he could die for our sins, be buried, resurrect again. And that made the whole difference. Now, it says in verse number 10, Romans 10, 4, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. We had made the, the statement that walking in love, walking in the love of God, is the fulfillment and the establishment of the law. Now, according to the book of Romans in chapter 13, it brings this out, you know, when it talks about all the civil servants, it talks about all the individuals that are uh, under the ordinance of God's uh, work that he has called them out. He has placed them there. They are there for a purpose. And uh, the the scripture actually says in the very beginning in, in verse number one, it, it talks about, uh, let every su let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but that of God. In, in other words, the word that is used for power is the word authority. The powers that be are ordained of God, and whosoever resisteth the power of God resists the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves uh, uh, damnation. But, it says that we are, in verse number 5, to uh, subject ourselves not only because of the, the need uh, of, of wrath, but also for our conscience sake. 
And then it goes on to say, in uh, verse number 13, it says, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another has fulfilled the law. See, so in in that, that is uh, what we do. In verse number uh, 10, Romans thirteen ten, it says, Love worketh no ill towards his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. We could not walk in love apart from Christ being in us because we are a selfish, self-indulgent, self-seeking creature because of our fallen nature. We are self in everything. But then when you read in uh, 1 Corinthians in chapter 13, uh, it talks about the definition of love. And love does not seek its own, it's not self-willed, it's not this, it's not that. For the very purpose of demonstrating that the old nature has been dealt with. And besides that, the scripture says if, uh, if we walk in love, it says in Galatians chapter 5, faith that worketh by love. Without being able to walk in love, Faith is not going to be able to operate in our lives because it is part of and a necessity for us to walk in love. So therefore, Christ is the end of the law as far as righteousness is, in, is concerned to everyone that believes. So we don't try to seek our salvation and be right before God by doing our own thing, but we simply believe. We walk in love. We walk in faith. We walk according to the Spirit of God. Now, Paul goes to define in Romans chapter chapter 7, he goes and defines a little bit more and explains uh, the law. Uh, In fact, uh, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8 are absolutely uh, amazing as to the revelation that God had given Paul and that he brings out. It says, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. These were the Jews. How that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman which has a husband is bound by the law to her husband, so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another, uh, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from the law, so that she is not, so that she is no adulteress, uh, though she be married to another. And 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 this explanation that Paul gives, he's talking about spiritually, especially when you. Uh, Understand how Israel constantly went after strange gods, went after idols, went after worshiping anything and everything but God himself. And he had warned them in the first commandment, I am the Lord your God, you know, you shall not uh, bow down nor serve uh, anything or anyone uh, but me. And that was called adultery. In other words, spiritual adultery that they uh, were married to. uh, God considered uh, the nation of Israel his wife. They were married to God and they were going after and joining themselves unto other gods, which were not gods, 
But nonetheless, uh, God called this uh, uh, adultery. Now, we're not talking about physical adultery. We're talking here about spiritual adultery. And uh, basically, the principle being that while we are walking in the flesh, living according to uh, uh, the law, living according to the, the patterns of the fallen nature, there is no way that we can serve God. Our mind is contrary to God. It won't submit itself. It won't subject itself. In, in, indeed, and it is actually even called an enemy of God in Romans chapter 8 and verse 5 onward. The mind just cannot uh, uh, submit itself to the law of God. Therefore, it's important to understand that when we acknowledge that we were crucified with Christ, that he was our substitute on Calvary, that we were not only crucified, that we died the death of the punishment and the judgment that was supposed to be meant for us that went upon Christ, that we in our own lives are now able to be born again, we're able to receive that imparted life, that engrafted life, that, that, that seed that brings the new birth in us and making it possible for us to know God, serve God, walk in the Spirit, walk in faith, walk in love. And God said, when you do that, I will write my laws within your heart. This he told in Jeremiah and Ezekiel. He told them, I'll make a new covenant with you and I'll put my laws within you so that it's no longer an external thing of trying to keep them, but the law of God is now in us. And when we're walking in love, when we're walking in faith, when we're walking in the Spirit, then the law has no power over us. The outward uh behaviors and manifestations and actions of our life are no longer under the control and the demands of the law and or of the flesh, but we are now free to serve God. And that's what it says here, that the woman is now free to be married to another. I'm no longer bound by this thing. I now am bound by something else. It says in verse number five, for when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth the fruit of death. And the law worked in us and it kept showing how sinful and our sinfulness was and is apart from God. But it says in verse number six, but now we are delivered from the law, being dead therein, we were held that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. I'm no longer trying to keep the law by outward actions or manifestations, but I now walk in love. I walk by faith. I walk in the spirit. Therefore, the law in me is already fulfilled in all its demands as far as righteousness and the righteousness that God demands, that the law demands, are all fulfilled. 
Now, it says in Romans chapter 7, verse 7, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. No. I would not have known sin but by the law. For had I not known lust, except that the law said, Thou shalt not covet, verse number 8, but sin taking occasion by the commandment, worked in me all manner of con, uh, uh, a desire. Uh, for without the law, sin is dead. Verse number 9, For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, Sin revived, and I died. Wherefore, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and just, and good. So there we see it. It's, it's good. Nothing wrong with it. What's wrong is that the flesh is weak. But God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, not that he sinned, uh, condemned the law, or fulfilled it, or, or manifested all its demands of righteousness, Therefore, being able to impart it unto us so that he was made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Verse number 13, was then that which was good made uh, death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sinful, working death in me by that which is good that sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. The very things that I had mentioned earlier. Uh, verse number 14, For we know that the law is spiritual, so that the law is good, the law is holy, the law is spiritual. That's exactly what it says. For the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, uh, I'm soulish, I'm fleshy, and I'm sold under sin. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Whereas the uh, people of Israel, it was the outward man, the outward keeping of it. And that's why they never could reach that place of keeping the whole law. Verse number 12. For, for, there being, for the priesthood being changed, there is therefore made of a necessity a change also of the law. See, we've come and made a full circle of, 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 of Jesus, our high priest, uh, after the order of Melchizedek, uh, meaning that if there was a change in the priesthood of Levi and Aaron, then there is also a change in the priesthood as far as Christ is concerned after the order of Melchizedek, then there has to also be a change in the law. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. We're no longer under the law, but yet the law is already written in us. And when we walk by faith, walk in the Spirit, and walk by love, we fulfill the law. Consider that food for thought and for the imagination in Jesus' name. Our redemption draws near. Keep looking up. Amen.